Let's see. We're going to get the call here. We're getting the right call. That's all that matters. After review, good goal. Good goal. After reviewing the play, the call on the ice stands. We got a goal. How's it going, Rangers and overall hockey fans? Thank you guys so much for chiming in for the latest episode of Rangers Review. Myself, Wardy Alonside, Statboy Steven. This is episode 54, kind of crazy. And what an awesome episode that this is going to be. Talking about more Ranger wins as they, of course, over the past three games is what we'll be analyzing, breaking down for you guys today after what we all witnessed. And I do take the belt back for those wondering. Steven and I, after every episode, make our predictions for the upcoming week for the Rangers. I pick 3-0, and thankfully that held true as the Rangers did exactly that from game 76 to 78. So like I said, we'll be deep diving those, sharing our thoughts on what has transpired all in Rangers land, taking a look ahead to towards the end of the pod at the upcoming schedule, which will be the last upcoming prediction that we have because after this, the next time that Steven and I talk will not be until the regular season is over. There are only four games left this season, so we are really pumped up to get into this one and get ready for some playoff hockey. We'll also be breaking down potential matchups for the Rangers and how the Rangers may very well match up with a team that maybe we didn't initially expect. There's a lot of things up in the air in this playoff race and who the Rangers will match up with. Either way, I'm very excited for this one. I hope you guys are too if you're watching live. Here on YouTube, thank you so much for being here. Make sure to subscribe and hit that like button if you're listening wherever you get your podcast. Thank you so much as well. But enough of me ranting for the first minute. Steven, how you doing, buddy? How's everything going? Good. Uh, you know, three shutouts in a row for the Rangers. Uh, four wins. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy with how the Rangers are doing. Um, also happy it's Friday. So happy, uh, happy Friday to everyone listening live. Uh, happy Friday. Yeah, uh, it's just unbelievable. Unbelievable what we saw. Um, you know, I, I I expected the Rangers to win a couple games, but damn, like to to not concede a goal for two hundred minutes. I I I think I'm not one hundred percent sure because it's really difficult to look up uh, because I don't have the resources the Rangers have, of course, but. I think, as far as I know, it's the longest shutout streak since 1977 for the Rangers. Wow. Yeah, it, uh, it, it was awfully impressive. I didn't even put two and two together originally until we were like halfway through the Winnipeg game. And I was like, oh, shit, we haven't given up a goal since Carolina. Like, it's yeah. been it's been a minute now. Like, this is between both Igor and Georgiev. So, huge hats off to them both. Yeah, and if you, if you don't count empty net goals because – the Sebastian Aho goal against Carolina with six seconds to go was an empty netter. We we did not give up a goal in two hundred and, and I think fifteen minutes. Two hundred and fifteen minutes with a goalie in net. We 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 kept the, the pucks out of the net. So yeah, pretty impressive by the Rangers. And you know, four wins in a row. <clears throat> this is exactly what the Rangers need because they are still chasing that division championship. Yep, they absolutely are. And before we deep dive these upcoming games, or previous games, I should say, before then we get to the upcoming schedule and answer your guys' questions in the live stream towards the end of the show, I would just like to give a quick acknowledgement on the unfortunate news that transpired today, which was the passing of former Ranger and former hockey great overall, that being Guy Lafleur. So my thoughts with him and his family, uh, you know, during this troubling time. Um, yeah, I'm saying news to see that today. Uh, Guy Lafleur, I, I obviously never got a chance to witness play 
while he was playing, but I've known plenty about him growing up as a diehard hockey fan. And he was a tremendous player during his time in Montreal, of course, and just throughout the entirety of his career, a speed demon, a great goal scorer, and an even better person. So again, thoughts with his family during this troubling time always. Yeah, it's been a crazy 12 months, you know, uh, Rod Gilbert, Emil Francis, um, Mike Bossy, Clark Gillies, um, I know. you know, and now Guy Lafleur, um, Jean Podvin, don't forget about him. I think, what? Yeah, it's been a crazy, crazy 12 months for, for New York hockey in general. Yeah, uh, it's, so it's many, beyond so unfortunate. Great, so many grades lost forever, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, let's focus on what the Rangers did the last week. Yep. Yeah, no, and what did they do last week, Stephen? Let's start off with that game in Detroit. And that is exactly why, if you guys are watching on YouTube, why we have Alexi Lafreniere on the thumbnail, because he was the star in this one. Stephen, take it oh, away. Oh, yeah. Yes. You know, it was an early game, 12.30 p.m. Eastern, uh, which means I got to watch a game very early as well, 5.30. Although the game didn't start until, like, 6. You know, it's... Uh, it was typical. It was one of those typical days where the game doesn't start when they say it does. But um, yeah, uh, strong out of the gate. The Rangers were in control all game long. Um, Mika Sabanajet gives them the lead in the first period on the power play, assisted by Panarin and Kreider. Sabanajet um, uh, with a 28th goal of the, of the season. Uh, second period, Frank Vetrano doubles the lead. Uh, 17th of the season, assisted by Zibanejan and Fox. And then in the third period, Alexi Lafreniere uh, decided to uh, to go crazy. Uh, scored tw- twice, both assisted by Barkley Goudreau and Nemeth and Hedl getting an assist each on uh, on on one of the, one of his goals. And the goal that really stands out, I don't think mm-hmm. I have to explain to people which one it was. Uh, the one where you know he puts the puck through the legs. Onto the backhand, he made Larkin look like 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 Bambi, Ooh, and Larkin was... is out for the season now with a surgery for his oblique, I believe, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but man, uh, I know it was Kids Day. A lot of a lot of kids went to the game on Saturday. For a lot of people, it was their first ever game, including for my niece who turned two two on Saturday. She went to her first ever Rangers Aww, game. Happy birthday to your niece! Um, and uh, you know her first ever game. The Rangers win for nothing. She gets to see a shutout. Now she was so excited, you know. She, <laughs> um, so her her dad, my my brother-in-law, wears Rangers jerseys a lot when he watches the game at home. And um, so one of the stories I remember is that one day I was going to the game with him. It was the game against the Islanders, I think, in in March, and she was watching at home with with her mom. And, uh, and, you know, she's like two years old. So she's looking at the TV and she sees all, the, all these players skating around in Ranger jerseys. And she points at the screen and she goes, Daddy? And uh, that, that's just that's so adorable. But, yeah, she went to her first ever Rangers game. She she was all, all caught up in the whole hey, hey, hey chance. And, yeah, she loved it. She had a great time. And, and and I'm pretty sure all the kids at the game had a great time. A four nothing win, you know what's 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 there to complain about? You didn't even concede a goal, and you know Shashchorkin, if he did not lock up the Vezina before this week, then then he definitely has now. I mean, there's no way, um, there's no way with with two shutouts. His save percentage right now. Let me let me quickly look it up. 
uh, is at 0.936, like a solid 0.936. Uh, he's only two games away from have, for having played 100 NHL games. His career save percentage is 0.929 in his first 100, first 98 games. Absolutely incredible. Uh, I think the second closest this season to that uh, 936 save percentage is Sorokin of the Islanders, who's at 9926 or 927. And that's his best friend, so how fitting. That is that is a great rivalry to watch for the next decade. Shorten versus Sorokin. It's the best. I just hope that we see more Igor against the Isles. And don't get me wrong, I know that Igor hasn't performed to the same caliber as Georgiev has against the Islanders in his career. But mm-hmm. with uncertainty on Georgiev's future too, whether especially yeah. in a scenario where, say, Georgiev is not a New York Ranger the next season, I want to see more head-to-head Igor versus Sorokin matchups. They, it has you to happen. You could say the Islanders are to Shishjorkin what the Canadians were to Henrik Lundqvist all those years. Yeah, yeah. That, that yeah, one that's actually very good comp. doesn't seem to get a good stretch of results against you know mm-hmm. um maybe we need a playoff series to uh to, to turn that tide around like we did with Lundqvist yep that that's um, a very good point I'm glad interesting that you brought up Montreal you know that yeah there yeah. aren't there aren't many teams that had Hank's number no regular season wise especially in Montreal felt like they always had our number with it was just it was just especially during the, when they had their you know their playoff runs during the 2010s they were a team as well that just had one of, if not the best home ice advantages. That you thought. The Bell Center is always rocking, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, especially during the mid-2010s. Yeah, I haven't had the pleasure to go there yet, but from, from, from all I hear from people, it's one of the most electric experiences in the NHL. So, yeah, yeah looking forward to going there once. But listen, we against Montreal, we have our weapon now, Alexi Lafreniere. So. Yes, we do. Yep. So, uh, but look, Josh Jorkin, I think he's going to be fine you know, moving forward against, against the Islanders, but uh, that rivalry is going to be fun to watch. And, you know, we also have like a semi-rivalry with the other two Russian Russian goalies with Georgiev and Varlamov, of course. Yeah. It's a game that you'll be uh, that you'll be going over. But, uh, yeah, this game against Detroit, you know, 4 nothing win. It was their, their second shutout in a row after shutting out the Flyers. Um, and then they move on to the Jets on Tuesday, again at home. Uh, a lot of familiar and- faces from both sides. Exactly, you know, Andrew Cobb and uh, Jacob Truba, of course, played for the Jets. And on the Jets, you had Morgan Barron and Neil Pionk. Um, so, yeah, some familiar faces uh, uh, on both teams for um, for everyone to uh, to see on the ice. Um, and yeah, the first period, this was probably one of the one of the I don't want to say disappointing, but one of the one of the least memorable games of the season. It was probably one of the least memorable shutouts, definitely, in that I have seen for the Rangers in years. Uh, that first period, it felt like nothing happened. You know, it, it felt like I turned on my stream and ten minutes later it was first intermission. It was there was it was just there was just not much happening. Um, second period on the power play, Ryan Strom though gives us the lead, uh, assisted by Zibanejad and Panarin. Panarin, by the way, really on really chasing that one hundred point season, huh? <laughs> yeah, uh, we talked uh, about it last episode. I was saying I'm hoping that, you know, Breadman will get close to 100, you know, get his regular yeah. season best. And we saw that whole true, no. not in this game, but. So prior to this game, um, <clears throat> I think he had uh, 89 points with seven games to go. 
and now he has uh, 96 points with four to go. So he only needs a point per game for the remainder of the season to get there. And mainly because he had those four assists against the Islanders that he'll go into. But uh, in this game, he has two assists. The second assist comes on the Adam Fox goal, his 11th of the season. Nice assist goal by, by Foxy, too. That was oh, a good yeah, shift. Yeah. Very good yeah. shift. Assisted by Andrew Kopp, uh, who had one of his two assists this game. Because he also assisted on the empty net goal by Ryan Strom, uh, with Kreider getting a secondary assist. Strom with two goals, Kopp and Panarin with two assists each. That second line's buzzing. That second line is buzzing as an understatement. I mean, this entire, I'm this entire top nine, I've been feeling good about as a whole, but especially when, of course, caught back, and then we saw, you know, Kako up until unfortunately, you know, he got hurt of recently, which is a big bummer. We'll be talking about him yeah. soon a little bit more. On and you know, updates. the one thing that didn't happen that you always expect to happen. What? Uh, Morgan Barron didn't get a goal on his return to the Garden. That's a very valid point. Yeah, I mean, no, thank goodness I wasn't betting that night because I kid yeah. you not, I would have probably put some on him specifically. Mm -hmm. Be like, if it's going to be anyone for the Jets, it's going to be yeah. him or Pionk. You know, just take your pick. <laughs> but yeah, yeah again, and, another, and, and another fantastic his, goal. Wing, yeah, with his win against the Jets, uh, the Rangers uh, get to 50. Their 50th win of the season. They got to 50, and I believe that eliminated the Jets officially from playoff contention. Yes, yes. Yep. So um, there, there are a lot of factors that went, in, went into that game. And then, and then they move on to the Islanders. And before you get into this, I would like to draw a little bit of a comparison to the 93-94 season. Uh, the people that were old enough to to remember like the flow of that entire season, the years leading up to that year, the Rangers played the Islanders on Long Island at the end of the season. And at the time, the Rangers had not beaten the Islanders at the Coliseum in, I think, four years. Um, and there was a, a, it was already pretty much known then that the Rangers would play the Islanders in the first round. Now, they went into that game uh, uh, at the end of the 93-94 season uh, on Long Island with a four-year drought. And, and they won that game. And that was such a huge relief. That was such a you know, a monkey off their back, uh, you know, situation. Um, now, I don't want to compare that necessarily to uh, to what the Rangers are, 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 are were going through last night, but it, it does mean to me something that, that the team that they're struggling with this season, the Islanders, that, that getting that win uh, that you'll be recapping now, I think in a way... Not exactly the same, but in a way, also, you know, gives them so much confidence going into the postseason. So uh, take it away. Yeah, no, beautifully said, because this Islanders-Rangers game, it had a slight different feel for at least me personally, because I did not, I wouldn't have been surprised at all if the Islanders came out, you know, guns blazing. And this was another game that maybe the Rangers should have won or didn't have as enough of a valiant effort if you look at where they are right now. Look at where the Islanders are, but the Islanders now officially out of playoff contention. You could get that feel a little bit in this one as the Rangers just got off to a tremendous start. And the entire game, you can thank no one more than two individual players. That is Artemi Panarin, and that is who Artemi Panarin was setting up, that being Andrew Kopp. Andrew Kopp managed to get himself a first period hat trick. Doesn't happen too often. Reminded me of Mika's Banjad when he had what those four or five points in one period not too long ago. I mean, it was just a. I think it was six. Stuff. I think it was six. 
Was it six? It was. A, I know it was a lot, but it was yeah, it was ridiculous. I, I think it was the first player ever in the NHL to get six points in a period. Wow, and that was against the Flyers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And here we have against the New York Islanders, Andrew Kopp making himself more familiar with the rivalry. Obviously, him being a new acquisition for us. And he just lights out. Beautiful setup from Panarin for the first goal. Only not even four minutes into the first. That was his 19th assist by Panarin. 71st Apple and Truba 28th. Then, not long after that, just a couple minutes later, Andrew Kopp scores again. Another beautiful goal. This His 20th, his first 20-goal season as well. Assisted by Artemi Panarin and Fox. Fox's 59th assist, Panarin's 72nd at that point. Then, before the period even ends, Andrew Kopp gets another goal. His third at his final of the game, man, oh, man, talk about a statement to start this game against the Islanders in yep. the Islanders' new arena, no less, in UBS. And, and- um, let's let's not forget to mention, because they did mention this on the broadcast, so the people who watched the game on MSG heard Sam Rosen talk about this, but uh, he's the first Ranger with a first period hat-trick since Kelly Kisio in 1986. Wow. And the first Rangers' natural hat-trick in the first period since Don Raleigh in 1948. 1948. Yes. This is just further reasoning to keep cop this offseason. Figure it out. You got to do something. He's been perfect. perfect it's amazing all that, we, that, for we, this team. that we went with all due respect from Dryden Hunt to Andrew Kopp on that second line. Yeah, it's, it's night kind of, and day. It's, it is a night and day. It's a drastic shift. And again, not nothing personal against Dryden Hunt, but he's no Andrew Kopp. And Andrew Kopp, again, that was his 21st, assisted by Strom's 32nd Apple, Panarin's 73rd assist, and that won't even be Panarin's last point of the game. But as we get in the second period, unfortunately, the Islanders do tack on a goal, ending the shutout streak for the Rangers, a long shutout streak, no less. That was Brock Nelson's 35th of the season. He's been having a good year for the Islanders, all things considered, um, assisted by Bailey. But then Chris Kreider on the power play, because of course he does, a nice rebound right to him in front. He's Pots it his 51st of the season, just a couple away now from securing more records in Rangers history. Um, assisted by Fox's 60th Apple, the season's band jazz 51st on that power play. And then Ryan Strom, right before the period ends, scores his 20th of the year. Stromer finally getting that 20 goal plateau himself, too. Uh, it was funny, he was joking about, of course, his brother Dylan has hit 20 goals at least twice in his career, so that felt nice for him to finally get in that uh, category with his brother and others. Assisted by Panarin. Panarin's 74th Apple and Fox's 71st. At that point, it is, in fact, a 5-1 Rangers lead. And then as we have a third period, it's deja vu again. Early in the game, early in the third period on a power play, and that is Brock Nelson. Not great defense by the Rangers on that one, but again, you can kind of tell that they were feeling comfortable after a four-goal lead. And then Ryan Reeves scores off of a beautiful setup on a three-on-one. Alexia Lafreniere in there, along with Barkley Goudreau. Love that. I was worried that when the Mets, uh, not the Mets, when the Rangers had that three-on-one, my natural concern was, oh, my God, they're going to pass it. They're going to be too fancy with this shit. If it's Panarin, he's going to try to do a one-mail when there's no one to one-mail around. Like, you know something stupid's going to happen. But, no, thankfully that wasn't the case. Just some nice tic-tac-toe to set up Revo in front, and that's Reeves' fourth of the year. Assist by Laffey is 11th Apple and uh, Goudreau's uh, 18th assist. And then Josh Bailey scores the final goal of the game. Assist by Dobson and Chara uh, right a little after, um, right around halfway through the game in, uh, in the third period or so. So either way, 
Rangers win this one. Alexander Yuryev got the job done for the Rangers. He has now won seven straight games for the New York Rangers when he's starting, which is funny because obviously wins don't mean everything. Yuryev definitely did not look sharp in each of those wins, but thankfully the Rangers legged out those victories. Other games, he definitely has looked sharp, especially more as of recent. So overall, very happy with the Rangers' performance in this one to step up the way that they did against an Islanders team that has had their number in recent games. One game, the Rangers got screwed by refs, and the other and the other game on uh, what um, no St. Pai's Day, I think, was the ref game. The other game against the Islanders, uh, the Rangers just didn't show up. They just did not play a good game for the most part and should have had a better performance. But they stepped up, took advantage of an Islanders team, probably a little bit down now, now that they're out of playoffs, just trying to chug through the remaining how many games of the season. And, yeah, that's where we stand right now. The Rangers were 51 wins on the season. And coming out of this game now, as we spoke on already, Artemi Panarin has a new career high in points. 96 is also, and this is the craziest stat, Steve, in my opinion, Imagine thinking that in the year 2022, Artemi Panarin would already be the Rangers' leader in assists. Is that Napoleon. like, I mean, how do you even, how does one manage to do that in such a small sample size? That is Artemi Panarin. For mm-hmm. him to already be the Rangers' organization as a whole, assist leader, when he's only been on the Rangers for a couple of years now, I mean, it tells you, one, how brilliant Artemi Panarin has been as one of the best players in the league, but two, how those apples, I did not realize that they were adding up that quick to get him at the top of the list in the Rangers history. So shout out to mean, Panarin. What, what, what do you, what do you mean? You mean like season, season stats, right? Yeah. 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 Um, third most assists by a Ranger in a single season ever, most by a forward. The only two Rangers who had more assists in a single season were Brian Leach in 91-92 with 80. And Sergey Zubov in 93-94 with 77. The best company you could be a part of. You know, like yeah. that's that's awesome. I wish I there isn't a day that I don't wish that I was able to watch those two live, especially before Zubov listen, got traded. Listen, if we if we never trade Sergey Zubov, number 21 is up in the rafters. I guarantee you. Yeah. It, 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 isn't it funny how his number was retired the same night as Hanks, too? Yeah, yeah. That was that was pretty cool, actually. Uh but yeah, Panarin is having such a such a monumental season, like production-wise. But do you remember the chats we had about Panarin? How he felt underwhelming still. The this guy's, it, the guy's four points away from from one hundred. Artemi Panarin makes a one hundred point season look like the most effortless thing humanly possible, just because mm-hmm. of you have an expectation with him on a game-to-game basis to the point where if he doesn't get a point, you're like, all right, how the hell did that happen, right? It's That's the world we live in with yeah. Artemi Panarin on the New York Rangers. But on a night-to-night basis, again, he's doing things that just always come off effortless, like Adam Fox in a lot of ways. I see those similarities. He's just always getting on the score sheet some way, somehow. And games like, of course, at uh, the Islanders game, four apples, you know, dominating play, just was all over the place. Helped yeah. the Rangers drastically. What really stood out to me for Panarin is that he, like, it's like the puck was drawn to him like a magnet. I don't know if you noticed, but every time there was like, there was a, a puck that, that was deflected or went up in the air, it somehow found his stick. It was, it was magical almost. But, Look, if Panarin gets at least four more points in the final four games of the season, he becomes only the seventh player in Rangers history to hit 100 points. And enlighten me, Stephen, where the Rangers currently are at now in regards to 
direction with how the season will end and where players will land in points. When was the last time that the Rangers had a season with how many players that they have in 20 goals scored at least and how many with, say, 50, 60 plus points? Are you aware on the last time that's happened? Well, we have with Adam Fox getting a couple of assists last night. We have four players with 70, which hasn't happened since 93, 94. <laughs> not I mean, it's 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 very difficult to not to not bring up 93, 94 references. You know, we got a 50 goal scorer. We we might have a hundred point player. Although 93, 94, we didn't have a hundred point player. But you know, uh, 91, 92, we had two uh messier and leach that year but look um i'm not gonna say we're winning a cup this year but things are falling into place for us to win one in the next three to four years and one thing that i will say because you and i emphasized it a lot in the first half of the season was you know this is this is year one of this win now stage right and that's why our expectations are we believe the Rangers should hopefully get to the promised land or at least get to the dance, be an, in it when we see Alexi Lafreniere, Capo Caco, and some of these other younger players, along with the veteran core group, all starting to really blossom together. And this is just the beginning stages of that still. But because of Chris Drury and his brilliance at the trade deadline, it would appear that the Rangers have fast forward a lot of things to the point of our expectations, while we still hope that will be satisfied if the Rangers just get out of the first round. But as the Rangers continue to dominate the way that they have this season, you know, naturally you have a little bit more of an expectation with each passing day thinking, wow, okay, now you're not necessarily just focused on game pass first round, which I will be more than satisfied with, but like it wouldn't, it doesn't feel like it would be outlandish for the Rangers to actually have a deep run this year. It doesn't feel nearly as outlandish as what it would have been had we have talked pre-trade deadline when they clearly had gaping holes in their lineup and were still mm -hmm. legging out leg wins thanks to Igor Shosturkin, Artemi Panarin, Chris Kreider, and Adam Fox. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and, and I would like to say um, the fact that Chris Drury filled the holes and fixed the, the issues this team had does not mean those issues never existed in the first place. I, I see a lot of people uh, like on social media go, Oh uh, yeah, you are wrong because look, look, look how the Rangers are playing now. Yeah, the Rangers are playing great now, and I'm, I'm, I couldn't be happier. But that doesn't, that doesn't negate the fact that they weren't this good early in the season. You know, Chris Drury did a great job. He probably had one of the best deadlines by a GM in, in years, maybe even decades, to, to turn a team around that was so reliant on the power play and on elite goaltending and turn it into a team that, because let's not forget, prior to the deadline, the Rangers ranked 23rd in the league in goals for at even strength, 23rd out of 32. Since the deadline, they're top five. I think they're like second or third at the moment. Um, it's it's absolutely incredible what Chris Drury has done, and he deserves all the credit. But the reason Chris Drury had to make these moves is because the team wasn't well-balanced, and that that was still an issue. This team is going into the playoffs with confidence. This team's going into the playoffs with, you know, with, with like motivated. They have ambition. I would, I wouldn't be shocked if they win a round or two. And, and this is why I want them to beat the Hurricanes. This is why I want them to go and win that division. Um, Panarin having 96 points. Remember, he, he missed five games. 
Good point. He, he is he is on pace to become the first Ranger uh, in or only the hold on only the seventh Ranger ever to hit hundred points, and he missed five games. It's crazy. Um, the last Ranger to hit hundred points, uh, let me check, was of course Jager in 06. But before that, it was Messier and Leach in 92. Mike Rogers had had 103 in 82. And then Hadfield and Rotel in 72 hit 100 each. Um, I think what really stands out to me is that Jager, Rogers, and Panarin did it without anyone else hitting, hitting the same mark or come, coming even close. Panarin on this team is like a man possessed. You know, the second highest is Mika Zibanejad, who also has a career high in points in 79. Kreider has a career high in points with 74. Fox has a career high in points with 72. Uh, Strom, let me check Strom's career high. Uh, I had 59 a couple of years ago. But he has 52 now. Uh, it's just, it's incredible. It's incredible what we're seeing with this team. And and now what I, what I quickly want to get into is the division because I want to win the division for multiple reasons. First, I want home ice advantage in round two. If we get there, we already have home ice advantage on lock for round one, which is great. Yes. Which is great. I want more. I want home ice advantage in round two, because if you go out and beat the penguins or the, or the Capitals, let's say you finish in second, then you go up against the Carolina Hurricanes. I rather play the Hurricanes at home four times than on the road four times. Yep. If we're talking about a, a seven. Granted, I will say though that if the Rangers did match up in playoffs and we're in Carolina, it wouldn't, in, in essence, feel like a home game a little bit. There will be probably no, just as many Rangers fans as there will Canes fans, unless they block it so Canes fans get first access. Because I know Tampa and other teams do that. Yeah, but there's more to home ice advantage than just than just whoever's in the stands, though. Oh, I, I know. Like, as the home team, you have the last change for a face-off. Yep. That's huge. I think a lot of people forget that, but that's a huge advantage to have. Um, look, the Rangers have the second lowest goals against total in the league, ironically, behind only the Carolina Hurricanes. The Hurricanes have conceded 192, the Rangers 194. Um yeah, the Rangers just need to win the Carolina game. The other reason I want them to win is because I want to have a division championship banner up in the rafters. I know most people don't don't care. I do. Uh, first of all, we don't have the luxury to to be this arrogant about it because we don't really have that many to begin with. Yeah. And I just want a banner in the rafters that reminds us all of this amazing season that we're having. You know, this isn't the 93-94 season, you know, where the team is okay. No, this is a season where we're going to have a 100-point score. We're going to have Kreider, who, who will hit 50 goals. We're going to have Shesturkin winning the Vezina. We're going to have Adam Fox, who's over 70 points as a defenseman. You know, this this is a historic season. And and I want something to remind, not just me, because I'll probably remember the season for a long time. But I want other people to be reminded of, of, of what the season meant. Get me a division championship banner up in the rafters. If we don't win a cup, at least at least we have something that reminds this fan base of how amazing the season has been. To to conclude uh, this topic, because we had discussed in our last episode, I agree with you. I think if this was a Rangers team that had the history of the New York Yankees, 
I don't think we're having this discussion. But no. this is a Rangers team that's been around for essentially 100 years and only has, you know, a handful of banners when it comes to winning the division, you know, Stanley Cups, all these types of things. So it definitely wouldn't hurt, and it would be a nice way of paying homage to the great success from this regular season. And this being, again, the I would like to call it the inaugural season of the Rangers being a playoff team under this new regime, under, you know, Drury now. Gallant, of course, Gordon helped build helped build this. If it wasn't for him, we wouldn't be here. Um, but just everyone involved, like this, is the start of a new era in a lot of ways. So, um, so, so that just gives you further reasoning to want to hopefully see that banner yeah. in MSG. Yeah, we've been in the league for ninety six years now. The Rangers were founded ninety six years ago. We have seven division championships. Seven. There's not even one per decade. <laughs> 26, 20, yeah, 1920. I'm going to list the, lead, the years, right? 20, 1927, 1932, and then 1990. It took 58 years to win another division. Then 92, 94, 2012, where Lundqvist won the Vezina. We had that amazing Cinderella story season with the Winter Classic and everything. And then 2014, 15, when we won the President's Trophy. The Rangers have won seven division championships. Like you said, if, if we were the Yankees or we were the Canadians, we're not having this discussion, but we don't have enough banners to be cocky about. So get me one. Get me, get me a division championship banner. Fair. Um, so, Stephen, let's talk about now because I think this will take up a, a good portion before we get to answering questions. Looking at the upcoming schedule, the last time that we look at the upcoming schedule for the regular season here, which is very exciting. Um, let's talk about just for a couple minutes on the Rangers playoffs because last episode we did discuss, you know, again, the pros and cons to, you know, if you win the division, who you possibly match up, if you don't match up against Penguins. But as we had stated already, we're in such a tight race right now where we don't know who are the Rangers going to play. They may play the Penguins. They may play the Capitals. Is there potential that they may even play the Boston Bruins, Stephen? Uh, yeah, of course there is. Um, I look looking at the wildcard situation right now in the East. Um, of course, the Florida Panthers, who have 118 points, are going to be the number one team in the East. Um, so they will play whoever finishes eighth in the conference. Now, right now, that's the Capitals. Uh, but the cap, uh, the Capitals and the Penguins are tied in points. Um, or sorry, no, the Capitals are two points behind, but they have a game in hand. Um, so if the if the Capitals win their game in hand, let me see. Uh, they will be tied on regulation wins. The Penguins would still be ahead of the Capitals based on regulation and overtime wins because they have that tiebreaker. But it's so close. With only four games to go for the Penguins and five games to go to the, for the Capitals, you know they're just one win away from 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 flop from flip flopping. The Boston Bruins only have a two point advantage on the Capitals, so it's so tight between those three that right now, if the Rangers win the division, we could still end up playing the Washington Capitals or the Pittsburgh Penguins. And this is why a couple of weeks ago when people were like, oh, no, I, I'd rather finish second in the division so we can play the Penguins. Well, now you might have to win the division to play the Penguins. You know, it's uh, and 
look, I'm not the type of person that prefers to land in a specific spot so I can play a specific opponent because I personally think that regular season results are not an indicator of success in the playoffs against that same team. Uh, I've, I've given my examples to back this up uh, the last time we recorded, um, most notably in 2020 with the Rangers and the Hurricanes. You know, we swept them in the regular season. Then they swept us in the qualifying round. Just go out and win. And the players feel the same way. The players just want to go out and win. The players want to win the division. That's that's their goal. And they play the Bruins tomorrow. Um, let's see. What's the rest of their schedule quickly? Uh, and then the Hurricanes on Tuesday. And then the, so they finish with three home games. Hurricanes, Canadians, and Capitals. The Rangers own their own destiny. You know, they, they could, sorry, they control their own destiny. If they win out, they win the division. It's that simple. Just win four games and you win the division. And, and, it, and it feels like when we get to that Carolina game, and we'll touch on it more soon, uh, but for right now, that game really does feel like that's going to dictate who wins the division. You know, with, with the paces that both these teams yeah. have been on. Yes, I know the Rangers have to play Boston, and Washington, which won't be easy feats considering they're both like the Rangers right in the heart of it and trying to win out every single game to help them with seeding. Um, however, that Carolina game just feels like the X factor. You know, the, the Rangers, they they think they did win a game against Carolina this year, a game that they should not have won. They mm-hmm. lost a game against Carolina that they had a far more valiant effort than they did in their win. Um, let's see how they perform in that one on the 26th. And I think that's really going to dictate where we head into playoffs. And the players um, have this game, the players have this game circled on their calendar. Honestly, when that game we played against them in January, that we lost six, three in Carolina. That's the only game where I truly feel we never had a chance to win, but that four, two loss recently, our last loss actually uh, on the 12th of April, they played a strong 40. They just didn't finish. Yes, yeah, we had a really strong first and second period. Uh, we we just we just couldn't back it up with a third period, and yeah, it's unfortunate that we lost that one because that's a game that we could have won. But the Carolina Hurricanes aren't the team they were the last time we played them. You know, uh, uh, their 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 starting goalie Anderson is out. Um, they lost to Colorado seven four. Uh, they beat the Coyotes, but they gave up three goals against them, 5-3. And then last night against the Winnipeg Jets, they were down 2-1, like halfway through the game. They won the game 4-2, but it wasn't easy. Who? How long is Freddie out for? Do you know? Um, No, no. Okay. Uh, but I'm, I'm pretty sure he's not going to be back uh, for the Rangers game on Tuesday. Because I, I did want to transition that quickly into the Rangers oh, sure. Hold on. So quickly, I do want to go over tiebreakers because I have been getting a lot of questions about this because the okay. Rangers and Hurricanes are currently tied in points. And questions I'm getting is why are the Rangers not number one? Because they have more wins. Because they've lost to Carolina. No, no, no. So the first tiebreaker is actually regulation wins. Oh, um, okay. So regulation wins. The Hurricanes have 44, the Rangers have 43. Now, if that is tied, then the second tiebreaker is regulation and overtime wins. So basically any win that didn't come in a shootout. The Hurricanes, 49. The Rangers, 47. 
Now, mm. total wins, we're at 51 and they are at 50. So they have only won one game in a shootout. The Rangers have won four games in a shootout. So the, the tiebreaker changed recently. Uh, so regulation wins is the first one. But it's it's simple. Just beat them on Tuesday. Beat them on Tuesday. That's it. And yeah, then, if you beat them on Tuesday, then like you said, you control your own destiny. Yeah, if they win out, they win the division. And see where the chips fall. Don't worry about who you're going to play in the first round. The players don't care. The players just want to win. The players just want to get home ice advantage, for not just for the first round, but for the second round as well. And here's the thing. If the Rangers win the division and they win the first round, and then they go up against the Hurricanes in the second round and they have home ice advantage and they beat the, the Hurricanes, the only way the Rangers would not have home ice advantage in the conference final is if they meet Florida. Okay. Because currently, at the moment, they're tied with the, Ma with the Maple Leafs. Um, so, yeah, the Maple Leafs are not really having a good end to the season. They lost 8-1 to the Lightning last night. Oof. Uh, yeah, I mean, but, losing that mojo heading into playoffs, let's see if that benefits or hurts them. Yeah, you know? I'm really curious to see what the Florida Panthers are doing. They, they have 325 goals, by the way. They're so good. Uh, which is the most goals by a team in the salary cap era. They're uh, so, so good. <laughs> yeah. The the second second highest in goals four uh, behind the Florida Panthers, Maple Leafs with 301. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the, the Panthers are going to be interesting to watch. Uh, they've, they haven't lost. They, they have a 12-game win streak. Um, they have a good chance to even win the President's Trophy. It's going to be them or the Avalanche. But for the Rangers, just win the division, man. Just win the division, get home ice advantage for a first and potential second round, and just see where you end up. Agreed. Absolutely. Um, so let, let's pivot now uh, to talking about injuries for a second, because as we saw, Andrew Kopp did get injured towards the end of last night's game at the time of recording this. Thankfully, it's just day-to-day -day for him. But naturally, that's not the best news that you see for a guy that won to score a hat trick, has been arguably your most dynamic player since the trade deadline, has statistically been the best player for any trade deadline acquisition for any team this season. Yeah. Um, uh, well, if you hear beeping, by the way, I do apologize. My firearm's going off. My parents, my parents are probably cooking something, so ignore uh, it. <laughs> okay. If I were you, I'd order. I'd order a pizza. Uh, <laughs> um, no, uh, look, the, yeah, the Rangers are going to be without Cobb and uh, and Heedle for tomorrow's game against Boston. It's unfortunate, but I don't think the injuries are serious enough to really worry. Um, I expect them to be back uh, probably before the playoffs even. Same with Kako. The only player I'm worried about is Tyler Mott. I agree. I was waiting to bring up Mott because we saw Heedle still day-to-day, Kako week to week, but Mott does, doesn't he have a broken collarbone? Is that, is that what is happening with him? I think it was a shoulder. I think it was a, a, a dislocated shoulder. Oh or, shit. Okay. I know, I know it was significant though. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what happens with Mott. Um, but if Mott is not ready for the playoffs, the team that played yesterday, I'm happy to go to war with that team, man. Uh, that first, that first line of, 
Kreider's a Benajet for Toronto. Then that second line of Panarin, Strong, Cop. Uh, I think that line at 12 points last night. Or 10, 10 or 12 points. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, third line of Lafreniere, Hedl, and Kako, I guess, when everyone's healthy. And then your fourth line would be Goudreau, Rooney, Reeves. I'm sorry, repeat that last part. The last line would then be a combination of Goudreau, Rooney, and Reeves. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I mean, that, talk about depth. I mean, yeah. the, the the Rangers have it in all facets right now. I mean, yeah. I just I pray that Mott is back hopefully for round one because he was such an X factor leading into his injury. The the penalty kill is such a different that's such a different beast when he's on it. I think that that's the that's the biggest takeaway for me. And I said this before, but even if it wasn't for the salary cap, I would sign Mott before I signed Vetrano. I yeah, I mean. I think I agree with you, but I think that's also discussion that we should hold off on really talking much further until the time comes. You know, we've yeah. been talking about them the past couple of weeks. I'm like, you know, like I get it. We're going to have all off season. We're going to be talking about that stuff. Oh, but yes. let's, yeah. let's wait more so for that time. Let's enjoy them while we're here because I don't want to think of them not on the Rangers right now. I got to be honest with you. Um, yeah. Like to, between the two, I should say, but okay. So copper, what has he been doing? He's been doing a fantastic job for the Rangers, obviously. And if the Rangers do go far at all throughout playoffs, he will be a massive reason as to why, along with the entire depth of this lineup. But as we now are about to answer questions for, for some people here in the live stream right now, if you guys are watching live, thank you for being here. Um, before we do that, though, uh, Steven, do you have any prospect updates that you would like to give us? Um, yeah, um, so the, the playoffs in juniors are happening this starting this weekend. A couple of games already started yesterday. Uh, Will Cooley and the Windsor Spitfires uh, played their first game. Uh, they won, so a uh, good start for them. Cooley didn't get any points, uh, but he did end the, uh, the game with 12 penalty minutes um, because he had back-to-back -back fights. Um, yeah, uh, so we'll see what happens with uh, when they play again, I think, on Saturday. Uh, but all the other guys in juniors that have made the playoffs are playing tonight. Uh, Evan Veerling and Brennan Othman in, in the OHL. And then Ryder Korzak, Talon Boyko, uh, Matt Rempe, and Dylan Garant in the, in the WHL. I think Jaden Gruby as well. Uh, interesting matchup in the WHL will be Matt Rempe and Talon Boyko. Boyko is a goalie for the Kelowna Rockets, and Rempe is a center for the Seattle Thunderbirds. Uh, Rempe was a sixth-round pick in 2020. Talon Boyko was a fourth-round pick in 2021. And interesting story that I found out, because I had a chat with Matt Rempe on Tuesday. Uh, they actually go way back. They've known each other ever since they were kids, and they work out every summer. So it's going to be an interesting matchup between those two. Um, but, yeah, playoff hockey in juniors uh, – uh, in, in Europe, uh, they're in the semifinals in Sweden. They reached the final in Finland. We still have some prospects there. Um, and then the big question mark is the Hartford Wolfpack. The Hartford Wolfpack have to win a couple of games this season to make the playoffs. They were a shoe-in for the playoffs, and then they lost, I think, 13 of their last 16 games, something like that. So they've been in a free fall. 
uh, hopefully they can still make it because it would be a great experience for our young kids in Hartford, you know, uh, not just Jones and Lundquist and, and, and Robertson, but also the new guys, you know, like Bobby Trevino, uh, Brandon Scanlon, uh, and the guys that we don't hear that much about, but are still Ranger prospects like Laurie Payuniemi, Patrick Kotarenko, Justin Richards, Austin Ruchev, Hunter Skinner. Um, so yeah, let's, let's hope they can make it this weekend. Um, but if people want to watch something tonight or tomorrow night, uh, playoffs in, in juniors, WHL and OHL, definitely tune in for that one. Yeah, that should be exciting. And hopefully for the Wolfpack, they can get in too. I'm curious, how, how has Pau Yunemi been uh, perfor- performing this season? I haven't checked up on him in a couple of weeks now, so I'm, I'm unaware. Uh, well, like production-wise, uh, you know, he's getting his goals. Um, he's just working on, on his game, mostly the defensive side. You know, he's trying to round out his game. This was always something that he, he needed to work on. Yeah, he's always uh, more of a, you know, special teams kind of guy, one-dimensional. Yeah, yeah. He was he was a bit like uh, Brandon Peary, to, to name a former Ranger. You know, the offense was always there, but he wasn't a complete enough player uh, for the team to fully rely on him. Uh, but, you know, the, the kid's like, the kid's the same age as Philip Hill. You know, he's, he's only 22 years old, so... Um, I think he, yeah, he's a year younger than Morgan Barron. So just to put things into perspective, it's okay for him to be in, in, in the AHL for now, you know, let him, let him round out his game, let it, let him, let him get his minutes. Um, and yeah, we'll see what happens next season. Awesome. Okay, perfect. So now we're going to start answering some questions from you Ranger fans here in the live stream. So we'll be doing that for a couple minutes and then we'll take a look at the final four games for the Rangers again, that we've already briefly touched on here share our predictions, go over the Rangers jersey history of number 54, and then call it a wrap. I can't, I cannot believe, Stephen, that this is the last time we'll be talking, you know, know. for regular season hockey. And also this will be the first time that the pod will get to experience playoff hockey for the New York Rangers. So that's going to be electric too. So let's start answering some of your questions, guys. Again, thank you all so much, everyone that's been chiming in. Listening wherever you get your podcast. This is Rangers Review episode 54. Uh, let's see. I did see a question for you, Stephen. Um, if the Rangers have to choose between Strom and Cop due to salary cap restrictions, who would you resign? I think we touched on this already, and I specifically want to avoid it a little bit. I feel it's going to be a little difficult, though. Um, yeah, Stephen, I mean, if there's anything that you'd like to add to that, go ahead. Um, I have been saying all season. The only reason the Rangers don't sign Ryan Strom is if they if they get someone who can replace him, and they got someone to replace him in Andrew Cobb. Yeah, I really don't think there's there's much more that needs to be said. If we can if we can somehow some way keep them both on this roster by doing some other juggling around, by all means do it. But I mean, it would it would mean parting ways with Ryan Lindgren or Jacob Truba or Chris Kreider. Um, I don't see them moving on from Lindgren just yet. Although I have to say, Keandre Miller is is making a, a possible Lindgren decision a little easier to uh, to digest with the way he's been playing. Uh, Kreider, you're not going to trade him after he scores 50 goals. <clears throat> I think Truba is going to be traded in th- next year, 2023. Um, I don't see the Rangers keeping both Strom and Kopp because the, the, the money just isn't there. Uh, let's not forget, we have Fox and Zibanejad with new deals kicking in. Um, I think they're going to go with Kopp because Kopp fills a need. 
Cobb plays all three situations. He plays the penalty kill. He plays the power play. He's great at even strength. He has the chemistry with Panarin. Oh, my God, does he have the chemistry with Panarin. Um, that was my only question mark when we got Andrew Cobb. How does he play with Panarin? Because you cannot just assume that that a player will perform well with Panarin. But they Cobb look like does. they've been line mates for their entire career already. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I wish we could keep both because that line, those three together are just great, you know? It, it is awesome. And again, if who knows what the offseason will bring. That's why, like I said, I didn't want to expand on this too much because we're going to have so much time to do just this, like mm -hmm. just talking about this specifically. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah anything else? No, I mean, if, if you if you would if you would ask me to choose between the two, I pick Cobb over Strom. Uh, he's younger. He's more versatile. He just brings more to the team. Agreed. Yep. And I, I say that as, as someone who has defended Strom at length every time he gets You have side. definitely been one of the biggest Strom defenders I've interacted with as a Ranger yeah. fan. Yep. Yep. And I have no ill will against Ryan Strom. I would like him to stay on the Rangers. But again, uh, Chris Drury will have to do a lot of maneuvering this offseason. And, you know, obviously how the playoffs go and who stands out of playoffs will be indicative on yeah. some of those decision-making, you know, to what degree we'll soon find out, but either way uh, there, there will be a lot of questions that will need answered come the off season. Uh, but I do see comment here, and I think this is a pretty easy one to answer by Chris says, does Kreider's number get retired into the rafters when yes. he's done? Yes. yes. He, doesn't even he doesn't even have to win a cup and I'll explain why. If Kreider scores 24 goals, an average of 24 goals and puts up 45 points for the remainder of his season, he will finish top five in games played, goals, points, power play goals. I mean, that's 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 Jure's retirement numbers right there. He will have played 15 years for the Rangers, the same tenure as Henrik Lundqvist in terms of years. Um, and it's look, if Hatfield and Graves get their number retired for the Rangers, then Kreider would not look out of place because. The reason Graves got his number retired wasn't because he won a cup. It was because of what he was doing off the ice. And when you talk to when you talk to players, when you talk to coaches, when you talk to people close to the organization, Chris Kreider does everything that that fans want him to do but don't see. You know, he's always the first one on the ice in pre in in, in prospect camp or in a training camp. He's always helping out everyone. He always meets up with, with prospects over the summer, you know, to, to, to put together a workout routine. He does everything a captain needs to do. He just doesn't have the captaincy on his jersey. Chris Kreider, if he, if, and this is a big if, if he plays out his contract as a Ranger for the next five years and retires a Ranger, his number goes up in the rafters, cup or not. Yeah, I really don't think there's any second guessing. What he's been able to do as a homegrown talent, let alone anything else, yeah. has been impressive enough. And then you see him now just, you know, I'm a 30-year-old, but I'm going to go and score 50 goals now, just like mm -hmm. straight out of nowhere. I mean, he's and just, doing... just for reference, there's 11 players that had their number retired by the Rangers. Only four of those 11 won a cup with the Rangers. So winning a cup is not a requirement. Now, if winning a cup was a requirement, then there would be so, so little rafters because it's not like the Rangers have had this prestige cup winning history. You know, like yeah. uh, hopefully, hopefully they will in the years going forward. But in the past, no, not so much. 
Um, okay. Uh, see another comment or two, and then we'll wrap things up, getting into the upcoming schedule. Uh, let's see. Um, okay. Drew says, uh, will the Rangers re-sign or qualify Kako? I think mm, I would probably say for his sake, I mean, you could definitely make arguments for both, but I mean, why wouldn't you try to re-sign him now? Especially if you can try to re-sign him on a multi-year deal, that'll be of only a certain value because Kako to this point, while he has definitely impressed me this year when he's been healthy, unfortunately he's had bad injury luck. Again, he Kako's just had bad luck this season when it comes to health because he, by no means is he an injury-prone pr- caliber player. He's an absolute horse when he's on the puck and everything. Like, if you... It, breaking a wrist and now gain a significant lower body injury out of nowhere. I mean, that ha- there's nothing more than you could say other than bad luck. So yeah, I think yeah. that if you can try to resign him, you absolutely do it. Um, it'll be curious to see exactly what his interest would be, especially on resigning. Um, how long-term would the Rangers luck out and somehow some way get him on a fairly long-term deal already with maybe creative AEV, which it starts out slow, then it gets really big as the years goes on, or is this something where Kako would prefer if we stay on the shorter term route based on his uh, performance at this point in his career? Yeah, for Kako, it's probably best to sign a short term deal. Yeah. Uh, for him, for yeah. Rangers, yeah, for the Rangers, anything more than three years doesn't make sense because then he's UFA. So signing him for two or three years makes sense. Uh, I, I, I think the Rangers are going to try and sign him for two or three years. Um, and regarding his injuries, I'm not worried at all. Listen, yeah, no, neither am I. Um, we're not talking about a about a player who's aggravating the same injury. You know, this isn't this isn't a guy like um, like actually like Pavel Buchnevich in 2016-17. Uh, Pavel Buchnevich had back spasms three times. Yep. Pavel Buchnevich had two concussions. Um, and and those were more concerning to me than what's happening to Kako. Kako had a wrist injury, and now he has a lower body injury. Those are completely different. It's just bad luck, you know. That's not that's not injury prone to me. Staying on the topic for a quick second on Buchnevich, uh, someone was mentioning the live stream in the right. I just want to give a quick shout out to all, basically like all the former Rangers this season having career years for their respective teams. You know, JT Miller, one of the best point getters in the league right now. Then you, of course, have Pavel Buchnevich having his best year. And again, no one should be surprised by Buch performing the way he is right now. He's thriving in St. Louis with a great cup contending type team. But also, if we if you've been following along, Booch was a point per game player over the past year with the Rangers plus. So like he was only been on an upward direction. So that isn't a surprise. Zook is a prime example of someone that is benefiting greatly with having an all-star alongside him, that being a Kirill Kaprizov. That definitely doesn't hurt. Kaprizov already has over 90 points, and Zook has career high over 70 points. So happy for Zook. Yeah. I mean, he's he's one where I did not expect him to hit career highs after he was dealt by points. the Rangers. 78 points in 69 games. Yeah, I mean, he's just he he's the perfect setup man. I would love him on this team still now, too. He's a guy that you can looking back, you can make the argument, you know, it would have been nice if maybe the Rangers kept him, but I understood why they did what they did at the time. It was just it went in hand with doing the rebuild slash reach. Well, and I still I have mean, a Zuke life-size poster besides me in my room right now. So the love will the always be is, shared with him. If you keep Zuccarello, you don't have to cap space to sign Panera. Yeah. Yeah, and you don't do that. <laughs> you know, uh, Zook, Zook thrives 
with having a Panarin beside him. But if you don't have a Panarin type beside him, you're not going to get, obviously, the type of production that we're seeing from him right now. Yeah. So, so everybody... you're only going to mention those three? Because there's a fourth one that I thought you would. No, there's through. multiple, but it, who, go ahead. Who did you want to discuss? Oh, so you mentioned Butch Nevich, Zuccarello, and Miller. Yes. Anthony Duclair, 31 goals. Yes, I was assists, just talking about Duke points. last night, as a matter of 56, fact. 56 points. He's on pace for 60 this season. Um, with the Florida Panthers, I know the highest scoring team in the salary cap era, but still 31 goal season for the guy. Yeah. He's having a career year as well. Let me put it this way. Anthony Duclair is having a career year on a deep team that he is a big factor on. Let's put that. It's not like he's getting limited minutes. Like he is one of their best goal scorers behind, um, Alexander Barkov. And I know that right along with him is Sam Reinhardt. Um, yeah, no, I mean, Duke has been phenomenal. I'm just so happy for Duclair more than anything before we get to the upcoming schedule here that he's bounced around with a bunch of teams early in his career. And I know that's something with Duclair, especially when evaluating him before he made his Rangers debut was he had some issues in juniors. I know like not showing up to practice on time, you know, just some little things, you know, that prohibited him because he really had the talent of being maybe a higher draft pick than going, going in the third round of the Rangers. And he definitely faced a lot of adversity early in his mm-hmm. career, but landed with Florida and he's been there comfortable with Bill Zito, of course, had that connection during their time in Columbus when uh, Duke was there and Bill Zito was part of their front office, but they're just doing a great job in Florida. I'm happy for all of them, but especially Duclair. And yeah, that that's really all that so, needs to be said. Can you name the four other teams Duclair played for between the Rangers and the Panthers? Should be Chicago, Ottawa, Columbus, Um. My blanking on am I am I missing one? Well, you're blanking on the most obvious one. I didn't think you were gonna get Chicago or Columbus, but okay. Wait, I'm blanking on the most obvious. Years. The wait, one wait. was traded to by the Rangers. Oh, oh, Arizona. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now a lot of people always forget that he played for for Chicago. Yeah, yeah. Another another guy that Chicago in the hindsight probably should have kept, especially yeah. with the type of deal he's on right now. It's not like he's making stuff that Chicago can't afford. Um, but again, we don't need to go down that rabbit hole with the Blackhawks giving up on players it's too the, early. The, the Blackhawks <laughs> are the last team in the league that needs sympathy. They got their three cups. Yeah. Okay. Let's get into the upcoming schedule before we get out of here. So Rangers, Boston tomorrow in Boston. I hate day games in Boston, especially on the weekend. They just always have a bad taste in my mouth. Even though the Rangers, yes, I know they won the Thanksgiving game and all that. I just don't like it. <laughs> There's always just a bad vibe. I don't know why. I just don't like it. Listen, uh, we, 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 we played we play an afternoon game last Saturday, and we shut out. We, we got a shutout. In a and it still game. doesn't feel real to me. Like, I'm waiting I for know, them to <laughs> I'm just I'm prone to this over watching the Rangers for the past decade be a certain way in certain days. Either yeah. way, Boston, 3 p.m. Eastern start in Boston this Saturday. Then they are back home Monday, Carolina, back-to-back. Next day, Montreal. And then on the 29th, the final regular season game of the season for the Rangers at home against the Washington Capitals. The next time um, that you and I speak, Stephen, probably will not be until, I don't know, some, maybe maybe we'll try to record. I, I don't even know if we'll try to be able to do it over the weekend. Should, should, should we just do it after the final regular season game so we can do a, a season recap? Possibly. The only issue, however, is that I am going to be out of town that entire weekend starting on that Friday. So it may be difficult. We might have to wait until, you know, the following week, like right in the beginning. Because do we know when playoffs start? Is there a date? No. By the way, let me quickly correct you there because you said Carolina Hurricanes on Monday. They played the Carolina Hurricanes on Tuesday. Tuesday, yes. 
let me see if I can find the playoff schedule. Um, I don't know if they, if they if they have a schedule already. Um, the regular seat, the playoffs start three days later, Monday, May second. We can record Monday. Okay, let's aim, let's aim for Monday then. Yeah, yeah, we'll try. We'll try to aim for Monday. I'll I'll, I'll let you know in advance as, if that's good with me, as long as I'm home back in time and everything. But yeah, Monday as of now. Um, Steven, I won the belt, so I get to predict first for this it's one. It's been a while since you got to it's predict. It's been a while, but you know what? Hey, it's good. It's good to be home, right? So I'm the champ from the prediction over the past week. And out of these next four games for the Rangers, I think, and this is a bold one, I, I think the. I think the Rangers are going to go in this stretch 3-1-0. I think they're going to win three of those four games. Three. I don't want I don't want to commit to overtime just because I don't feel like it right now, if I'm being honest. Um, yeah, three of four. And, yes, that is a glass cabinet of just hockey pucks that Steven has behind him to uh, Quan that asked in the live stream right now. Yes. Yes, yeah, I, I need to shore that up, but – what I do is every time I visit a new arena, I buy a puck for my collection and put it in that case. So I have three of those cases that I need to put up at some point. Uh, yeah, you go 3-1-0. I go 3-0-1. Okay, for goals, Stephen, I am going to go with 12. Oh, Jesus. I, I was thinking, please don't say 12. Please don't say 12. <laughs> You know what? I'm going to go with 13 then. I, I'm okay. going to take the over. That's fair. Um, four games. Yeah. The Rangers are on fire. Yeah. Okay. The, All right. the last four games, they scored 17 goals, by the way. Not bad. I, I'm I'm playing conservative, especially because I think these are going to be very tight games. Maybe. Maybe. Or maybe the teams that we're playing don't want to risk too much because they're already in the playoffs. Yeah. It could go one. It could go one of two ways. Either way, I just hope the Rangers win as many as possible and mm-hmm. secure that division. Um, but Stephen, uh, this is Rangers review episode fifty-four. Now let's talk about Rangers jersey history for a second before we get out of here. When was the last time a New York Ranger wore that number? 2018, 2019. Oh, this is a player. This was the last player that played for the Rangers while having a Stanley Cup ring in his possession. Before Barkley Goudreau, the last Stanley Cup winner to play for the Rangers before Barkley Goudreau. Is this a defenseman? Yes. You know the you know who's first who first popped in my head? Oh wait, no. That's uh, funny. No, wait, wait, wait. No, I know who it is now. Um, but it's fun. I'm not looking at the chat either. I don't know if the live stream saying anything, but it's funny that I'm thinking about this because his teammate won, but didn't get his name on the cup. That's who I originally thought that being Stephen Camper with the Boston Bruins, but no, it was Adam McQuaid. So that yes. is your number 54. That is the only 54 that I could rationalize right now. You got nothing right. from me. Uh, the other two uh, in 2009, 2010, Bobby Sanguinetti. Okay. Uh, Dane Byers in 2008, and the first Ranger to ever wear number 54, who later switched to number 17, Brandon Dubinsky. 
Ah, I never knew that. I did not know Brandon started out as 54. So I learned something new today. That's pretty cool. Um, Yeah. Okay. So to wrap things up, Stephen, let's just enjoy this moment for a second. Again, last time we're talking regular season. Next time we talk, the Rangers will be playing some playoff damn hockey. That's really exciting. I said this last week. Since the last time the Rangers played in the playoffs, I relocated countries twice. That's how long it has been. Oh, that's crazy. And I the moved, craziest part, though, is it doesn't even feel like it's been that long ago, even though it has no, been a little bit now. I moved from the Netherlands to Austria a week, or a couple of weeks after we got eliminated by the Senators. I moved the weekend of the draft in 2017. You um, moved the weekend that the Rangers drafted Elias Anderson? Yes. Okay. I watched the draft in a hotel in Luxembourg. I drove from the Netherlands to Austria over the weekend, had my first stopover on Friday in Luxembourg, my second stopover on Saturday in Munich, and then drove from Munich the rest of the way to Vienna on Sunday. Uh, I watched day one of the draft in Luxembourg, day two of the draft in Germany. I was away, family vacation, for hope with Delaware, mm. saying to myself, who in God's name is Lise Anderson? Who, for fuck's sake, pardon my French, is Philip Heedle? This guy's been playing the men's league. He has a couple points. I'm like, that's it. It's impressive. I'm like, what? what is Gordy Clark and, and the Rangers front office? What What are we thinking here? You know, I was that. That was my initial reaction. Just was overwhelmed. Underwhelmed, I should say, by yeah. that, that draft originally. Um, yeah, and, you know, with Morgan Barron being traded – uh, I, let me quickly check. I think Philip Hedl is the only player left from that draft. I think you might be right. Uh, Leah's traded to LA. Crawley, not giving a qualifying offer. Kalachalin, not even signed. Lakatos not, Lakatos, not signed. Patrick Virta, not signed. So, yeah, we signed four players of that draft. One we let go, the other two we traded away. And who knows how much longer of a future Philip Peel will have on this club too, once we enter the yeah. offseason. So that's yeah. another question mark too. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. The weird thing is we have more players from the 2016 draft in our system than from the 2017 draft because we still have Tim Gettinger, uh, Tyler Wall, and Ty Ronning. Yeah. Well, that's that's a good point too. Shout out to my guy, Ty Ronning. Love that guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. All right, Steven. That's going to wrap this up. This was episode 54 Rangers review. Next time we talk to you guys will be the start of what should hopefully be a very fun and long playoff run for our New York Rangers. But until then, I hope everyone has a great rest of your day. Great rest of your next week. Hopefully the Rangers start off, uh, you know, playoff strong when we get there, but end the regular season strong. And then we'll get a good look at, you know, who exactly they're facing. We'll briefly probably recap on the season next time we talk and just deep dive everything that there will be to know the Rangers first round matchup against whoever that may be. But again, thank you all so much for watching and listening wherever you get your podcast. This is Rangers review. I'm Wardy. That's that boy, Steven, and we are out of here. Steven, let's go Rangers. Let's go Rangers.